to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we're back. Happy football season. Did you miss us? Did you miss me? Probably not. That's okay. We are recapping a Miami Dolphins day of practice and media veils. We'll hear from head coach Mike McDaniel, from quarterback one to Otunga Vailoa, to Ron Armstead, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, and a whole bunch more. Plus, how about a full practice report? My favorite time of year is up. We'll go through my notes from a hot and muggy day one on the practice field. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is... The Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. A little bit of housekeeping to take us into today. Some roster activity from the last few days. Mohamed Sanu, Dolphins receiver, welcome in. He has been added to the roster and coach talked about adding him to the group. And it fit perfectly in with the theme I'm going to hearken back to a lot today. The value of balancing a roster and veterans to help accelerate a learning process or a learning curve for younger players. And McDaniel said it wasn't necessarily about what they need, and he's right, right? Like this receiver's room was already very deep, but he continued about an opportunity to add a veteran player that he knows from this being his third stop with Mohamed Sanu. So a guy that knows how to do it, Coach said, a guy that can set the tone, who's a physical player with a passion for the game that adds value to the team, regardless of his position. More on that here in just one moment. So Mohamed Sanu Sr. with the Falcons and McDaniel back in 2016, again with the Niners these last couple of years, and a guy with a very diverse skill set. I mean, Coach McDaniel has talked about liking players with those skill sets for multiple spots, and particularly guys that can throw the football from that receiver position. And this was in regards to Cedric Wilson Jr. back in OTAs. Well, have you seen Sanu throw a football? He's pretty good at that. 10 years in the league, 435 catches, just a shade under 5,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and tons and tons of snaps played. I want to really harp on the idea of coming back to this regarding the veteran presence and tone setters at practice because it was a theme in OTAs, and that did not slow down one iota on the first day of training camp practice. Other news, Tino Ellis is back. He was originally with the team in 2020 on the practice squad. Hasn't played a game, but he was also a member of the team in training camp last year. Uh, Was with the team not during OTAs this year, but training camp last year and OTAs last year. He grabbed the the number 34 jersey that was made available by Sony Michelle, switching to number 28. And Melvin Ingram has a jersey number, by the way. He is going to be number six this year. What else? Uh, Alec Ingold was in the orange jersey today. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Byron Jones went to the PUP, the physically unable to perform list. Elijah Campbell on the active slash or non-football injury list. Uh, Cody Core, the receiver, was released with a non-football injury. And that's it. All right. Coach McDaniel time. First question came in from yours truly, and I asked him, Coach, coming back together with all the players and staff now, how would you describe the energy coming into the season and how excited are folks or players and coaches for this year's team for this practice today? Here's Coach McDaniel. 
There, there's always energy um, uh, in the National Football League. Um, collectively, you, your lifestyle adjusts so much um, in, in the break. So there's always energy. This group in particular, um, I, I was very excited about how they came back um, in terms of uh, uh, mission-oriented, day-to-day operation, getting better, um, but a thirst, a competitiveness, um, and a, a, they're fully understanding uh, how much they owe uh, their teammates, the organization, the fans, um, and they're owning it, and um, I, I can feel the energy, and it should be good today. Thirst and competitiveness, mission-oriented. You can start to see some of the core beliefs, philosophies, and the words that Coach McDaniel's going to go by and deliver it. That's another one to keep an eye on here going forward. Also love the concept of camp looking different for different individuals. You don't coach different players the same way, right? Everyone has their own different way of coaching and impacting certain people. And in that not everybody has the same plan to get themselves ready for week one. One guy might need a full ramp up. One guy might need a kind of dialed back ramp up and it's all backed by sports science, right? So here's coach McDaniel talking about that after he talked a little bit about the, the work to get Byron Jones ready for week one, Raheem Mostert, Teron Armstead, the veteran guys on this team. Here's coach McDaniel talking about the approach to unique or the unique approach, I should say to different players on the roster and how they get ready for the first game of the season. As it relates to veterans, um, that, uh, you know, I, I think it's very important that you don't just make an abstract, okay, we're just going to limit this guy or whatever. Um, there's a handful of guys that will be uh, practicing um, for a portion of practice. The two you just named are the only guys that aren't practicing, but the, the guys that, um, the, the veterans that we have different reasons for monitoring um, uh, will be will have will be involved um, in practice in different portions of the practice that best suits um, what they need to work on and what they need to protect themselves from. So um, we're fortunate to have uh, there was a lot of hard work that went into that. We're gonna we're gonna have um, all of our guys out there, and we will um, we will adjust every player's rep count on a case by case basis day in day out. So that was something I wanted to hear from Coach. I also wanted to ask this question, but I'm glad that it got asked anyway because I was curious to get his take on this. And, you know, we, we talk about the wearing the black sweatsuit, the hoodie and the sweats out there to help him simulate what the players feel in terms of the heat and just how much this coach thinks of every little detail, right? So I was curious to hear him talk about the way he devised and developed his training camp schedule, his training camp you know, practice regiment, the time on the field, time in the classroom, just how it all goes from a coach who was very adamant about the way he streamlines his processes with film study and attention spans and trying to maximize that time you have with the player. It continues in the way he puts together his training camp schedule. So here's Coach McDaniel on the idea of practicing, the length of practice, how to get the most out of that work. I'm going to go ahead and let Coach talk now. I'm not sure if you guys know this, but reps help in life. Um, the problem is, is you can't, you have to be, uh, you have to, your job is to maximize the athlete at his craft. So my personal philosophy, the one that we're employing here is that, um, we have, uh, full speed effort and intensity on all the plays, um, in practice to do that. We have to, we don't do as many reps as maybe, uh, you know, practice won't be as long as maybe you've uh, been around previously. 
but it's all because it's built towards there's no such thing as just going through the motions. Um, when we practice, we want to practice uh, with an intent and a purpose and a speed and a veracity that um, separates ourselves from the rest of the league. That is hard to do. There's a lot of people working. There's a lot of talent. So um, uh, the, the one thing that this team, we built a standard in OTAs, and my expectation um, in training camp is that this team, uh, their standard is to practice hard, and they're trusting me that I don't overload them. Um, I need to challenge them. They don't need to be comfortable, but I don't, I'm not in the business of making players worse. So it's that, that fine line that you try to decide and you adjust as you go, um, doing your best to do the best for them. Let's go ahead and get to the topic of the quarterback as coach was asked about to Tunga Vailoa and how he wants to see Tunga Vailoa approach these summer practices, these training camp practices. Here's coach. I think it's a deliberate intent on each play. Quarterback's job is exhausting in terms of you got to know a lot of things. Um, he recognized that in OTAs and put in more time this offseason than I think um, he, he has with, with football in that regard. Um, so what, what I really want to see from him is, is Tua is super hard on himself, which is a good thing. But anything in excess isn't the best thing either. So, I, you know, he didn't he, – he's very – He's very, he, he holds himself at a high standard. So I don't want that to impede when things don't go the, the way he wants. Um, I don't want to impede the next play. So I'm looking, I said it about the whole team, but specifically with the quarterback, um, he has such a, a, a natural football presence on the football field that who cares if there's one read this way or that way. Again, like every quarterback, it's not if but when. So um, those, those short-term uh, memories, th that's what I think you can really work on um, in, in the uh, training camp right now and moving forward as, a, as the leader of our team. Really good stuff there, and obviously being on social media, not from Tua himself, but from Tyreek and Tua's trainer, you're going to see lots of footage of him working out and putting in that time with both you know, his top receiver and, and his other guys on the roster as well. So Coach talking about that was very interesting. I thought him talking about the opportunity ahead for someone like Noah Ibanagani with Byron Jones on the PUP, you know, Coach said it was a tremendous opportunity, and that's what they want this team to be about. Guys recognizing every rep as an opportunity. He also mentioned that, hey, more reps against Tyreek Hill never hurts anybody unless we're talking about confidence issues. And there was a laugh there, a nice little joke, as coaches want to do. Uh, but I thought that was a really interesting point there. And, and we certainly had some guys take advantage of that opportunity today. More on that here in just a second. Let's go ahead and do a couple more. Coach talked about the process of selecting captains. And I want to read this first part, and we'll play the follow-up where he said, I don't decide the captains. I think the point of a captain is to be the leader on the field for the other players. I appreciate democracy in general. I think that players are the best ones to tell you who they want representing them, and we'll do that after we decide the 53-man roster. And then here we get the follow-up about using captains as a vehicle to connect with the team. And here's Coach talking about the aspect of leadership and captains and their role and how important that player's perspective is. Again, more great stuff. Here's Coach McDaniel. Especially on a team with their, when there's so many young, hungry, um, committed players that 
who they decide. Like, I'm not, I'm not really that worried about who they decide or who they vote to be the captain. Um, but I'll know this, that uh, to get votes on this team, you have to be extremely hardworking. You have to set a standard that is hard, um, or you have to set a standard and demand a standard around you. Um, and in that way, I think that captains are, are vessels. They're, they're examples. You can, when you're, when you're dealing with a captain, you can set the tone with how things you want to operate. As a coach, we end up saying a lot of negative things that can be perceived negative. So a lot of times people don't want to hear, they want to hear, I did awesome. So it, captains specifically are, are great to utilize where, no, our job is to coach. Quite literally, we'd be doing you in, injustice if we didn't bring up neg- negativity. Um, embrace the coaching um, because generally coaches don't waste time coaching players that they don't believe in. They just, nah, get so it's it's a privilege, um, and and by that way, and whoever uh, our team votes, I'll, I'll be very very confident um, that I can lean on them in that way. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been voted by. It's gonna. There's there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of um, guys I could see it going different ways. So um, I know the cream will rise to the top in that regard. I think a good spot to end this will take us into our practice notes in the first break of the podcast. Coach on Tyreek Hill and the belief that he has shown for his quarterback. Here's Mike McDaniel. As a coach, you really appreciate when people believe in each other. And, um, you know, you guys will get to know Tyreek more and more um, as we progress. Um, But one thing that I didn't know um, before having an opportunity to work with him is you're looking at probably, if not the number one, he's right up there, the most competitive players I've ever been around in my life and part of how Tyreek has become who he is is because he is brash extremely um, convicted and competitive and that's his driving force and if Tyreek is saying it it's because he believes it Um, so all that led me uh, you know I'm uh, I do have some wherewithal I understand uh, the but I do understand that that's um, an aggressive statement, but I can promise you that Tyreek didn't get to where he is by thinking that he was an average receiver. It's because that's how he thinks, um, and, that, and they're developing a great, great relationship and rapport. Um, so we all know, I know what you guys know, is that Tyreek believes in his quarterback, and that's, that's a good thing, and um, they... Uh, Moving forward, um, we'll continue to work together to make uh, make that relationship as good as it could possibly be. Yeah, that note about the competitive fire and Tyreek Hill have been talking about it really all offseason long so far and the value that he adds not just on the field, but also as a leader and a, a guy that people can go to for, for advice on, on playing, on expectations, on the mental side, really just everything. And that confidence for his quarterback is going to be a big part of that as well. And you pair that with a receiver that Nick Saban once said was you know a competitive level that he had never seen before in terms of Jalen Waddell. Oh boy, we're in good hands at that position. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back and we'll mix in some media availabilities here with the practice notes, training camp, my time of year, man. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield. We are brought to you by AutoNation. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Who is ready, I know all you are, for some practice notes? It's been a long time coming since we had this, but we are here on Drive Time taking a look at the first day of Miami Dolphins training camp 2020. And, you know, first, Coach talked about the intention of the pace and the workload of how practices could be shorter, as he discussed off the top regarding putting more into the quality of your reps over the quantity of the reps. And that was a theme you're going to hear throughout the course of the day with the players. But it was tons of individual drills and fundamentals and just drilling, making sure guys are getting right ready. And, and st- some of the stuff that coach talked about back in OTAs, right? You put the fundamentals in right now is a time of year where you're not game planning for anybody. So you work on getting better in those regards. And then once you get to the actual season, you refine those techniques, you put your game plans in and hopefully it all comes together for a nice pie of victory uh, at the end of each and every week. But I thought it was kind of the, practicing of what he preached playing out there today and I think that's where it really starts because as the receivers work with the quarterbacks on air you know with regards to timing you just saw that was sharp you saw crispness you saw no if any few balls on the ground it's one of those things where that's the expectation but I will always appreciate the fine meticulous details being handled because that stuff adds up right like we've seen the videos or the the NFL film stuff where guys kind of pull their team to the side and say, look, we're not going to just let these details go by the wayside because we've seen that cost teams football games before. It's a good message to have and to have it coming out from day one obviously is a good sign. But just in general, I mean, there were some offensive wins, defensive wins, the organization of it all. It just didn't really feel like a day one to me out there. It looked sharp. We talked about, you know, Tyreek Hill commanding attention as a leader, the example he sets, all of that, it's all great, but also the ball is going to go to number 10 quite a lot too. That man made so many catches on Wednesday, not just in team, but seven on seven, on air in indies, on air with the full unit, like five guys running routes. It's going to 10 a lot of the times. He's just a constant presence. I think you really got to see his speed and the impact it has today on two plays, and this will incorporate Tua as well, where we can spin it back to the position-by-position kind of breakdown. But the overall suddenness in Tyreek's game, I mean, it takes me back to Coach's comments about maximizing the reps you have, and I think Tyreek not only does that, but he helps other guys do that too. Because there was a portion at practice where he caught a ball, I don't know, 30, 40 yards, somewhere between that maybe, and he caught the ball because he won quickly, off the line. But remember, in this league, windows are small and they are fleeting, right? They come and they go like that. You have to see it before it gets there or otherwise it shuts and you turn the football over. So even with a quick win and the ball out quick, there's a good recovery from the cornerback to create that tiny window. But he still gets the big play with a sideline catch and an absolute dime from number one. And just the urgency to get off the line that quickly is such a nice, and I hate using this term, but for lack of a better term, security blanket. Because when in doubt, trust that 10 can beat his guy fast, right? Let that thing fly. But then also, the very first play of the day was a rip to Tyreek over the middle. And let me say this, you know, I break stride more 
rubbernecking when I see a fish jump out of the leg in my out of the lake, not out of my leg. Would be pretty weird if I had fish jumping out of my legs. But he broke stride on that pass less than I do checking out a fish jumping out of the pond, out of the lake on my walk at night. So he just basically said, let me grab this. I'll challenge that post safety to a tackle. And if he gets it, cool, 20-yard gain. It's still good for us. If he doesn't get it, well, we're dancing in the end zone. Tyreek also caught another ball like this on a similar type of throw, this one off the arm of Skylar Thompson. And to that point, Coach talked about this back in OTAs, the value of rolling through different combinations. So you can get any trio, any quadruplets, any quint... I'm going to stop talking because I don't know the the phrases for those, but any grouping of receivers with any quarterback, like you can see Tyreek with Preston and Lynn Bowden. You can see Tyreek with Waddle and Cedric Wilson. Like there are just, they're going to run out different combinations, but he catches this one from Thompson, races to the end zone, then just keeps trucking to the next station because it was the end of that particular period. And the receivers followed him and gathered around him and just kind of followed the standard that he was setting back to obviously what McDaniel talks about. Let's go ahead and go to Tua here and hear him breaking down the play that I talked about with that 35-ish yard pass to Tyreek Hill up the sideline. I think it's always, I think our throws are always dependent on uh, the coverage. It was man, they tried to spin the coverage uh, running, I think it was some, some kind of lurk coverage. Um, we spotted it and I knew Tyreek was one-on-one outside, gave him an opportunity and he made the play. That's kind of where the story goes back to here today. Tua, he was he was very sharp. I thought he looked explosive in everything that he did. Really good torque to drive the football. Really active getting in space and throwing from different platforms. Good command. Ball was out quickly. He said he's hard on himself, and I'm you know he's not going to get too high or too low. And look, we can't really assess this because it's tough without contact, without pads, all that stuff. There's there's contact, but not you know not live. But there was a couple potential sacks that I thought he and the offense might like to have back and good on the defense for making those sacks happen. But on balance, they moved the ball well and hit a lot of chunk plays in this practice. I mean, they were very very sharp. Tua was in his passes to the intermediate. I mean, there are pockets in that area of the field where you better be precise or it could be a turnover, and he didn't have any of that today. He did have one pass broken up by Noah Igbenogany and one by Javon Holland, but those were fantastic plays by the defenders. The two passes to Waddle were absolutely fantastic. He had another one to Lynn Bowden in 7-on-7, and that was just an absolute keyhole shot. And then I think my favorite play of the day was him running to his right. Now, as a lefty, it's a tough ball to throw accurately. Well, maybe not for him. He's done it so many times before, but for an average human being, think about running the opposite direction of your arm and trying to flip that thing out there with enough torque. And that's what he did. He gets it out there, clears that front hip, and fires an absolute strike. Now, there were two defenders in his face as well, and this point really got me, that Jalen secured the catch at the perimeter right on the sideline, and you could hear the ball pop his chest, make impact with his body, his hands, all the way up from the bleachers. Might have been my favorite rep of the day. With Teddy and Skyler, I thought the ball was out on time for most of the day, which is really nice to see this early in camp. Teddy had the one pick. We'll talk about that here when we get to Trill Williams in just one second. We talked about Hill a little bit, a little bit about Waddle. And man, I think he had a 70-yard touchdown of his own. Who knows, since we're not in live tackling. But man, he was cooking. It kind of reminded me of that long play against the Panthers last year. This time off the hand of Skylar Thompson, and about 60 of those yards would have been 
after the catch. Big day for Hill and Waddle. Gasicki caught a really nice ball off the arm of Tua in stride for a chunk gain. These 15-20 yard pitching catches were pretty common in this practice. I just noted how smooth Mike looked at every step of the route. The release, the stem, the top of the route, the catch point, just rolling. The last note on the wideouts here, Ezukama had a big chunk gain on a ball from Skylar Thompson. EE looks big, man. He's built for a wideout. Always tough to get a beat on the offensive line without pads, but there were some nice lanes opened up. I do think the defense won the running game aspect. I think the offense took the passing game aspect as far as the results went, just my opinion. But I think the interior three were regularly pretty good in pass pro, regardless of who it was. The edges did see some pressure at a little bit higher of a rate, but Connor Williams, man, he doesn't give a lot of ground on bull rushes and power. He was looking really strong out there. Solomon Kinley had a nice second level block where Savon Ahmed took off and Kinley kind of, you know, gave the arm in the air like that was me type of fist pumps that you do. Robert Hunt had a couple of those as well. He, he creates a lot of movement every single snap. So big 68 fun to watch out there. Speaking of Ahmed, he always looks so fast to me, man. And then Chase Edmonds, speaking of fast, he had some nifty work and it was really good to see Raheem Mostert get it cranking out there as well. He was very excited to be back and to talk to the media. He says he expects to be good to go week number one. Really fun energy guy uh, in Raheem Mostert. Teron Armstead talked a little bit about the plan for him this August to get ready for the season. Let's go ahead and hear from Teron Armstead, New Dolphins offensive tackle. Yeah, um, no, I, you know, definitely appreciate coming coming out the gate. Those guys having a having a set plan. I've in the last few years, I've kind of had a little bit of a load management situation uh, while I was in New Orleans. Um, this was more detailed, you know, kind of structured, so I know exactly what to expect. Uh, I think it'll be extremely beneficial for them. Just really fascinated by this approach and what they're doing here with this stuff. I also liked what he said about his leadership, how it comes naturally, how he lets it come organically, how he tries to not force anything on anybody, but talking about how when he sees something from technique-wise or from a knowledge experience from his standpoint, how he's always open to share. And he also talked about how those guys, you know, Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Rob Hunt, Solomon McKinley, Michael Dieter, the entire group, how they ask a lot of questions, how they're seeking the knowledge and looking for ways to find little techniques and things like that. And who better than Teron Armstead to get that from? And let me just tell you, this is me speaking now, watching Teron operate in person is such a treat. We haven't got a chance to do that until today. When you come out to camp this summer, just keep your eyes on number 72. The way he goes about things, the footwork when he's in a drill, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Let's go ahead and move on to the defense. But first, our last break, Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back here on this Wednesday practice recap edition, training camp recap edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We pick it back up here on the defensive side of the football. And at one point, I looked up and saw a front that just had a loaded lineup. And I leaned over to Kinjemi, John Kinjemi from CBS4, MiamiDolphins.com, all that stuff, and said, look at how much talent is on the field right now. Like, this is kind of blowing my mind. And John just kind of said with a chuckle as if to acknowledge the absurdity, I know, like, that's all that needs to be said. 
And two of those guys are Melvin Ingram and Jalen Phillips. Phillips talked about playing on defense with Melvin Ingram, a guy that he has hold, held near and dear to his heart as far as a guy that he looks up to. Let's go ahead and hear from Phillips on his new teammate, Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I mean, Mel's somebody I've been watching for a long time, you know, even since I was in high school, really. Um, so he's, you know, a really great leader. He's been kind of mentoring me some, taking me under his wing. So, you know, really grateful to have him on the team for sure. Phillips also talked about being able to feel the intensity, how they've been doing this since OTAs, how they're kind of used to working with head coach Mike McDaniel. Also said he just feels so blessed and so excited to be out here working with the Miami Dolphins. And for Phillips, I thought his get-off and his handwork really stood out today in this practice. He knows what he has to do to keep his frame clean, which is where linemen want to get and stick to you and win their rep that way. And it makes him just so effective when you pair it with the speed and that get off that he does have. It's such a rare combo. We got a glance at that today, day number one. Man, him and Teron Armstead, what a fun matchup that is to watch. On the inside, it feels like I've said this 100 straight practices now, but Christian Wilkins, I lost count of how many plays he had in this practice. On one, and he does this so many times, like three or four times every single practice you see this, where he works down the line, you know, a run away from him or outside, where he has to work through contact, work down the line, get off that block and make a play, which is how you wind up with 89 tackles as a defensive lineman. <laughs> and uh, you can see the offensive line get a hold of his jersey on this one with the arm, a jersey pulled out, but 94 still working down, and he powers through and makes a play. He also talked a little bit about the pace of practice in this practice, and he said that when we're out here working full throttle, we're constantly moving, constantly working. It gets us in good shape, short and sweet, so it's different. Your mindset is a little bit different. Every minute of practice, every second of practice has a purpose. So good stuff there from the Dolphins defensive linemen. Other defensive notes, Darius Hodge had a really nice play, a textbook stack and shed that would have been a nice stop right around the line of scrimmage. Thought he stood out in that in that way. Him and Brandon Scarlett also had a nice play off the edge in the running game. And then rookie Channing Tindall, there was one play where he diagnosed a running play, just shot the gap, flew through, had a clean run on the running back. I thought that play showed all the traits that you love about his game that made him a third-round pick this past April in the draft. In the defensive backfield, the cornerbacks had a pretty nice day, uh, at least a, a handful of them. Noah Egbenogany was matched up with Tyreek Hill, who threw a wicked route where he just took off, hammered on the brakes, and came back. But Noah was up for the challenge where he put his foot in the ground, drove on it, and broke up the pass and damn near picked it off too. thought that was a, a good example of Igbenogany's movement skills and just how fluid he is as a player on display right there against one of the game's best receivers. Keon Crossan had a couple of nice plays, a breakup on a ball from Teddy Bridgewater working on a little play-action boot where he covered tons of ground on a, a crossing route where he's able to get his hand in there and poke that thing away. And this is just a few plays after he knifed in for a nice play against the run too. So Keon Cross and a couple of plays. And then Trill Williams secured himself a pick six late in practice where he peeled off his man, squeezed a route, found the football. Really nice job working off bracket there to come in and make a big play. It kind of looked like the pick that X had against the Patriots last year, the pick six that he had, Trill making a similar play. Man, he's so long and physical. Both him and Noah and X for that matter stand out in that way. Then Javon Holland, just all over the damn field, the impact plays that he's a part of from that position. It's just jaw dropping. Like you shouldn't be able to make that many plays, you know, that far away from the ball at times, but he just does it day in and day out. Quick, efficient day with wins from both sides, a strong 
start, I would say. Let's go ahead and finish up right here with some more media availabilities. Just listening to Xavier Howard talk about Noah Iguanagini and Trill Williams. He said, quote, it shows that they're growing and improving. That's what it's all about, especially in that cornerback room, making plays on the ball and improving each day, end quote. Who better to get tips on making plays in the football than Xavier Howard, Sam Madison, and Patrick Sertan? Not too bad. Xavier also was asked about Coach McDaniel's positivity. Quote, he's always been positive. That's one thing I see from Mike McDaniel is being positive and bringing that energy. That's what it's all about, especially from a head coach. When you see it from a head coach, it trickles down. End quote. And then I apologize for my audio here. My mic is acting up, but I have three more clips from Tua I want to play in order. How would you assess your first practice? Talking about the mentality of coming off the long break this summer and the foundation from OTAs carrying over. Here's the Dolphins quarterback. Uh, I mean, with what Coach Mike said, I'm always hard on myself. So I will never say I, I had the best practice or it was a great practice. Um, you know, I, I think overall it was a good first day of practice. Obviously, there's things that we can work on. But, you know, it, it's, it's the best when you get to come back. You get to get back out on the field, throw to the guys, um, see coverage again, um, get back into the groove of things. And I think once you get into your rhythm, that's when things start to click on both sides of the ball. And then the return coming back for summer break and the work everybody put in. Yeah, I, I think everyone's excited, but I think one thing's not to be lost in translation. A lot of guys were working throughout the offseason. Um, you know, I, I'm not one on social media, but uh, Coach had a, he had a presentation he shared with us yesterday. And I mean, he, you know, he took a screenshot of everyone that posted their workouts and, you know, he, he showed all of them and it was dang near half the team. I wasn't on there because <laughs> I guess I I don't take pictures enough to post them on my social media. So, oh. And finally, the expectations and the foundation that OTA set for the strong start to training camp. I think it set a really good foundation, and it, it helped that a lot of the guys showed up to our OTAs. We got to really work on things that that out here would probably not look as good if, if guys didn't come out to, to OTAs. A lot of the timing... Um, you know, just figuring out the offense and, and the, the little intricacies of the details that uh, Mike wants wants us to kind of work on and understand. We, we got to do that throughout this offseason, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to all of that kind of showing throughout this training camp and in the season. And then finally, we heard from Raheem Mostert. We also heard from Alec Ingold. You want to check out those entire uh, press conference availabilities, media availabilities, go to the team YouTube channel for all of those to uh, – McDaniel, Armstead, everybody. But Ingold, who wore the orange jersey today, said, I think it's just the entire offseason coming back from the ACL injury, signing with a new team. There are lots of early mornings out here. So it kind of all added up to getting back on the field, not starting on PUP, being with the guys and all that work to kind of get to this point and start with everybody fresh, end quote. Cool of the team to recognize that and award him for a great job work, a great job done, I should say, this offseason. All right, that's it. There was a short practice, quick and to the point. Uh, we'll get you guys plenty more notes as we go along here. Four straight days of practice for our first day off. Come join us on Saturday the 30th, the first day of fans back in the stands. Also, tons of content on the website, the photo gallery, our team tweets, my tweets, the YouTube channel for all the media availabilities. You guys are not going to have any shortage of content coming your way this next month. I have a written notebook up on MiamiDolphins.com that I love to be a part of and to write that piece. So go check that out. Some takeaways and some links to all the content we had today as well. So you have plenty to get to as Dolphins fans. No excuse not check out all the content. Go do that for us when you can. 
please, and also for yourself too, because it's really worth it. All right, that's going to be my time. In the meantime, you all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and OJ. Saw Ronnie Brown around the facility today, so he'll be coming out sometime in the coming weeks, I am sure. Also, our Twitter Spaces show, which should be out tonight, depending on when you hear this podcast. Wednesday night, we'll record that as well, so you can go back and listen to it if you miss it. Check out the YouTube channel for all the media availabilities and Dolphins today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, Daddy's coming home. Miss you today, little girl.